Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. We're on the Bros Podcast. We're in the back room of the sanctuary, where the conversation happens. I'm your host, Jose, my co-host, Bill, and a special guest, Kathleen Nicosia. Kathleen? Yes. How would you like to be referred? Well, there's plenty of people that call me Kathleen. Some people call me Kat, whatever you're comfortable with. Well, I'm used to calling you Kat. That's fine for me. All right, cool. All right, we're going to call you Kat during the podcast, and let's just start this off. Kat, would you be willing to just give a small little testimony or something to let us know who you are so the people that are listening can get a feel for who you are? Of course. Um, I came to Christ in 2014. It was December of 2014, and I came from a very broken place. <coughs> I, I had um, I had a, a di- very dysfunctional upbringing. I came from an alcoholic father, uh, very dysfunctional, very abusive. Mm-hmm. I was the oldest out of five children, and um, you know that that's how we grew up, upstate New York. We didn't have very much, and um, you know it was basically survival mode. And after. I would say after my second divorce, I actually, I was very broken. I didn't have Christ in my life, which was, you know, what I want people to know, you know, because that is, that is the ultimate fulfillment. You know, when you're in this world and you start seeking for things to fulfill you without Christ, they always end up empty. Right. You can't, you know, expect your husband to fulfill you or your wife to fulfill you, you to be everything that you need without Christ. Yeah. That's truth. Because without him, you're never going to be fulfilled. Yeah, he's the, he's mostly the missing pieces in our That's relationship. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So when um, I actually fell into a, a very dark place of addiction and I was actually drinking I was using drugs. Wow. Um, I was actually injecting drugs. Mm. And there's people who, many people don't even come back from that. That is true. You know, um, in recovery, they have a saying, they say, you know, you have to change people, places, and things. Right. Well, I was using in the same place where I was delivered. Ooh. Wow. Wait, was hold on a second. We're in Hillsborough County. Yeah, yeah. Let's, hold on a second. I feel like... So, great. I love bringing a testimony. I want to kind of step back just a little bit. Amen. You mentioned that your father was an alcoholic. That's right. Mm. A lot of people nowadays have a lot of problems with their parents with alcoholism and drugs. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that was a point in your life where it encouraged you to go that same route? And is it something that poisoned your life later on? Absolutely. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, You know, growing up, we were always told, you know, kids are to be seen and not heard. Mm. And I remember in kindergarten, the very first time that I started learning how to write, or in first grade, I started learning how to write. And the very first letter that I ever written was to my father. Right. And I wrote to him and I said, please 
you're, you know, you're another person when you're drinking. Please stop drinking. We love you. Because when he drank, he was a complete monster. Mm. So the very first time, and I love to write, uh, but the very first time, the very first letter I ever written was to my father. And you see, I can speak about it now without getting emotional because the Lord has freed me and healed that part. Yes, amen. So I wrote to my dad and I said, please, you know, stop drinking. We love you. Please stop drinking. <coughs> and uh, he never did. Wow. He never did. <coughs> but to answer your question, being you know, exposed to that, it leaves you with a predisposition of, okay, so this is the solution. When I'm in a, a rock and a hard place, or if I have something that, you know, is difficult for me, you know, that's the solution. Mm -hmm. Alcohol. That's right, the right. solution. Violence. Right. That's mm -hmm. the solution. Getting angry. Hey, and a lot of times we go to those, those, yeah. those means of import or exactly. those means of, um, I'm looking for the thesaurus over here. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the wheels are turning. The pages are going. Yeah. Uh, we, hold we, on. We're looking for an out. We're yes. looking for something to go to when we're in pain, when we're in suffering. So That's we right. run to a bottle. Yes. We run to turn the bottle up so that That's we can right. find the problems, the solution. That's right. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's a real thing. It's it's serious. And this was hurting America. It's was hurting Christian it families. Even Absolutely. now. You know, were you... Would you say that, were you the first one to get saved in your family? Yes. You were? Yes. Wow. Let me tell you, that's, that's, that speaks deep. Um, yes. And it's, it's, um, it's so crazy that you say that because I never really thought about that. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's, so Bill and me had a, <coughs> had a conversation and I, I don't know, JC's episode was just so full of something <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, he it's brought good. a lot, so I'm gonna I refer to him a lot in his in the episodes. But we had an episode. We talked about we talked about um, being the first saved in the family, and one of the dynamics was who gets saved first. Wow, you know, and I can tell you because of what I've learned, it opened the door to know why. But if if a dad were to get saved mm -hmm. first in the family, it's a 96% chance that the whole family would come together and be saved mm. and serve and worship God Praise in church. God. Yeah. And if the mother was to be saved first, so if the dad wasn't and the mother was to be saved first, there is a 43% chance that the whole family would come together and worship God in church. Wow. But then if the child if the child gets saved first it's like three percent wow. that the whole family gets saved yeah so and i bring that up because you're the child in that situation because your father wasn't saved what your mother saved you weren't well actually uh, let me back up because go ahead, go ahead. um you know my my dad actually accepted christ as his lord and savior on his dying bed mm. And I wasn't, I wasn't walking with the Lord. I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I've always believed that there was a God. I always believed in God, but I never knew him. I, it was like, you know, he was this, uh, you know, cosmic sugar daddy somewhere on a cloud and, you know, mm -hmm. looking down. And if I made a wrong turn, that I was right. going to be punished. Right. Yeah. 
And I went, my parents would send us to uh, a Catholic uh, class every Wednesday. They never went, but we went. We were sent, you know. Right, yeah. And so there was some foundational truths, you know, that God exists, but you need to, you know, say this prayer and, um, you know, repeat these prayers so you can be forgiven for your sin. Right. And that didn't make any sense to me because I never felt like I was the one that needed forgiveness. Wow. But it, in wow. it introduced me, though, to the fact that there is a God. Right, there is, yeah. You know, even though, you know, a, a, and I don't, you know, want to, um, you know, say anything that, you know, would cause anyone to, um, you know, stumble. But there's a lot of mistruths in the Catholic religion <coughs> that I grew up in. And, you know, I, you know, you were always told you have to go to the uh, priest to be forgiven for your sins. It's exactly what we talked about, yeah. You have to say, you know, ten Our Fathers and five Hail Marys and your mm -hmm. sins will be absolved. Right. Well, then mm. if that's the case, then why did Christ have to die? What's the point? Yeah. Why did why did why did God send the why did God send His Son exactly if that right. was the only reason exactly you know so you know we're talking about religion versus relationship yeah two different completely things so just to back up a little bit my father actually he got um, gangrene in his legs because he smoked he was a three pack a day smoker and the the arteries in his legs just completely hardened up. <coughs> He was drinking very heavily, mm. and uh, so actually he, his leg, one of his legs were amputated. He, um, he was suffering with cancer. Mm -hmm. He was diagnosed with cancer, so he actually came to stay with me for a short time. And against everyone in the family's better judgment, they're like, you know, how can you take in your dad, you know, when he's been this, that, and the other thing? That's still my father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that did that did that have an uh, uh did him going through that make you want to like change your life or what was the like what was the relationship between you and your dad while he was going through that like um I know uh, it's it's really yeah. hard to I mean I, you know it was um it was a difficult time in my life it was early in my marriage um, I was very young. I was only 22 years old, and I had all three of my kids at that time. Wow. Mm. So I was still trying to figure out how to be a wife, how to be a mother. Um, you know, so there were so many things that were new to me. I, I actually got married at 16 and fled the country and went and lived in Germany for four years. Wow. Wow. First time ever on a plane. <laughs> I didn't crazy. go to the next town, I, you know, because, you know, I was taking care of my younger brothers and sisters. So I said, well, listen. If I can do this, then I can start my own family, and I think I could do a better job at it, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And my parents actually had to sign for me to get married. And my first time on a plane, it was on a military flight, and I left for Germany. I was there from 16 to uh, 20, and I came back with Catrice, my daughter Catrice. So, you know, just to back up a little bit, when you mentioned, you know, was anyone else in my family saved, you know, Catrice was actually the one to be saved. Wow. That's because, that's, wow. 
could Plus treat yeah. grandchildren. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about what you said earlier about, you know, that you're not the one that needs to repent. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes we feel like it's not our fault because, you know, th- what my parents did or any of this. And I um, was looking up, there's a scripture, Ezekiel 18 and 20 and 21. But I thought it, it affected this, you know, if you think that you can't be saved because of something your family's done or you are in a bad place just because of that. Uh, it says in verse 20, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Oh, and it Praise goes along God. in the same yeah. vein for just about the rest of the chapter. And Amen. The whole chapter is about personal responsibility. Right. That, you know, at that point in Israel, everyone was saying that the sins of the father would be carried down. And, you know, that if the father eats sour grapes, the children's teeth are set on edge. That's it, right. You know, and, and that does affect you. Um, and it was like you were saying with the percentages. Yeah. The stats right. take a big effect. That Huge. You have to break out of the you know, those percentages to do anything sometimes, but you can do it. See, there's a, there's a, there's a thing called the generational curses that because my grandfather, Mm -hmm. my grandfather did it, my father did it. So I do it. Right. And it becomes a, it becomes a chain where we keep on building this chain, this chain, this chain, this chain. Sure. And then where does it, where does it stop? Does it go to your grandchildren? Does it go to your great grandchildren? Does it keep on going to the point where who is Who's going to be the weak link to stop that? Right, yeah. You know, the weak link has to stop and make it to where the other chains don't continue that that process. We don't have to keep on getting into sin and drug addiction and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just... Exactly. Once that, once that rusty chain becomes unbound, the rest of the chain becomes solidified. Yeah. You grease the chain up and it becomes stronger than Absolutely. the rest of it. And, and, you know, it's such a good point that, uh, you know, and I know that the Lord has opened this up for a reason, because, you know, we we give too much power to the enemy. We give too much power to the enemy because, you know, we believe the lies for so long. Mm. We believe that we have a curse. Well, when I say that, you know, there's a curse or if anybody says, oh, I have a curse on me, this is a generational curse. And what you're saying is that that curse has more power than the blood of Christ. Right. Yes. Because when you come to understand the truth, when you come to understand the word of God and you believe the truth, because all spiritual warfare is, is believing the truth over the lies. Right. That's ultimately what it is. So. When I've come to understand the truth, then now I have an understanding that I'm no longer living based on my feelings. Mm. I'm, I'm based on the truth. And the word of God. S- the word of God. So mm-hmm. although society tells me that I have a predisposition to alcoholism, to addiction, to sexual immorality and sin and all these things, I don't have to accept that. Right. The yes. word has set me free. The word of God says you have been made clean because of the word that has been spoken to you. Mm-hmm. The word makes us clean. Exactly. Right. It's the truth that makes us free. Right. You know, I can't I can't help but think about that that illustration of a guy who had this pitch black cup of water and mm. he just took water. I mean, it was it was black water. It was like it was disgusting looking. And then he just took a big old pitcher and started pouring that into the glass. 
and said, this is the word of God. Mm. This yeah. is the word of God. This cup is your life, but it's filled with all this yes. darkness. He, pilled, he poured that cup and little by little, all that darkness started going away. And he said, you're filling your life with truth. That's right. And this is how you live. Oh Hallelujah. I can't, I can't really the illustrations yeah. in my mind right now, all because of what that, oh my goodness. Sure. Yeah. Praise God. God is so awesome. You right. know, and, and there's, um, you know, there's a, a speed to freedom. Mm. And I think we talked about this a little bit. Probably did. I got to remind me of it. You know, there, there's a, a speed to freedom. People are able to get free as much as they're willing to confess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, oh, my goodness. We did talk about that. We did. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. what, what we don't understand is that the spiritual realm is more real than what we can actually see with our physical eyes. So when I come out and I tell you all my dirt, all my junk, everything that I've done that was terrible, you know, I've been washed by the blood, so I no longer have guilt. Guilt. My heart no longer condemns me. Right. Right. Yes. And I've spoken it. You know, yes, I was a drug addict. Yes, I've been divorced twice. Yes, I was, you know, in homelessness and, uh, you know, had all these problems, you know, that in all these situations that are ungodly but I've confessed them out of my mouth. So the enemy has no ammunition. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Please tell, please tell the story that you told me. <laughs> please do it. Can you please? I, I don't care how secular it sounds. I want to hear it. Here we go. I want to hear it on, on the podcast. It sounds, listen, Bill, I'm going to prepare you right. for this because it's really awesome. So she said there was a, there's a movie out there that right. I'm going to let her tell the story, okay. but it's, People, you know, you, you get a movie out there and you listen, you watch the movie and you feel bad about li watching it. Yeah. You know, I got like, I got, I know I was a podcaster that I was, I was listening to and he felt the calling of God to, to minister, but he didn't know what the calling was, but there was a movie that he remembers seeing and God gave him a, God gave him, Hey, a, um, I said, Hey, watch this movie. I said, Lord, this is not a movie that I should be watching. Mm. Oh, my goodness. C can you please say yes, it? I want to hear it. I'm going right. to share it. Here we go. This is going to be good. So, you know, I don't like to glorify anything that is in opposition of the Lord. Right. Mm. But the word of God says that what the enemy meant for harm, God meant for good. So mm -hmm. he can use yes. anything he wants to. He can use a false prophet. He can use anything yes. to open up someone's eyes to the truth. And I wasn't walking with the Lord at this time. But the Lord brought this movie to my mind because I had watched it when I was in the world. And, um, you know, without giving any titles, because, again, I don't want to uh, condone something that is a secular movie um, and it's explicit in some sense. Mm -hmm. But there's a famous rapper. Some people may know just by the description of the movie. But there's a fa there was a famous rapper. And at the time, you know, he was going into a battle with and it was a true movie he was going into a battle with another rapper and he went into the rap battle and he had prepared himself and he said everything all his dirt in the rap he said yes i i do live with my mom and i do this and i do that and and yes you know and he just said everything and he actually won the rap battle because his his opposition didn't have anything yeah Right. He took all of his ammunition and, you know, the Lord showed me, he said, this is the same thing. He says, when you confess all of the things that you're trying to hold on to, 
and you're trying to cover up and you're trying to mask, when you let it out, you're free. Right. Yeah. And you take back your power. You take back your power because now I'm not looking over my shoulder mm. saying, oh, boy, uh, but they don't know this about me. Right. Oh, yeah. brother, but they don't know this about me. I oh, they don't find out. Yeah. I hope they don't find out. It could come out any time. Mm. Listen, I was in trouble with the law. And I, I was probably on the rough for almost a year with a right. warrant for my arrest. Right. Mm. You know, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I was addicted to pills. I was addicted to drugs. Although I didn't have any pills or any money on me, I introduced so-and-so to so-and-so. And the so-and-so, the other so-and-so, was unbeknownst to me an undercover cop. Mm. Wow. I didn't have any money, any drugs on me. But just because of the introduction and the amount of pills, it was considered attempted mm. uh um, drug trafficking that comes that that comes with a hefty uh yeah. sentence yeah you know and although because of god's grace and mercy i was only in jail a matter of a few months i had a five-year probation with an 8 p.m curfew mm. and they released me on my own recognizance and they said okay listen we're going to reinstate your probation but you have to be in the house you know for the next five years at 8 p.m yeah. that that was fantastic except i didn't have a place to live mm. wow so i ended up you know at my daughter my son-in-law's apartment a little two-bedroom apartment in tampa in an industrial area and i said listen I said, you know, you guys have two boys here. You've made a great life for yourselves. I'm not here to disrupt anything that you've got going on. I just need a place to stay until the morning. And I had a little jailhouse piece of paper with numbers to women's transitional homes on it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to call them in the morning and, you know, I'll be out of your guys' way because I had already done enough damage to my mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. I, I'd done enough damage to my kids. Yeah. You know, I went from being a PTA mom to being in my kids' lives all the time. My kids, from the moment I ha gave birth to them un until they were 12, 14, and 16, I raised them, right. and they lived with me. Right. I owned a home. I, I worked for some Fortune 500 companies. I was an operations manager for a banking company. It's not like I didn't have things or, you know, was an upstanding citizen, but I wasn't in a right relationship with the Lord. And that was the ultimate missing key. Right. So I was saying, okay, well look at this and I own a home and I have my kids and I'm here and I'm there and I have a job and I have cars. And uh, you know, I wasn't rich by any means, but my, my, I had my kids, I had my home, I had a job. Mm -hmm. And I was always involved in my kids' lives. Right. Yeah. So here <coughs> I went from being in my kids' lives all the time to Where's our mom? Mm. Mm. Mom's not home. Yeah. Mom's not home. My, my two <coughs> younger ones went to go stay with their dad, and my oldest one went to go stay with her now husband and his family. And so, you know, it was very traumatizing for them. Mm. You know, how mm. is it my mom's always been in my life, and now we don't even know where she was. And I did not want my kids to see me destroying my life. I yeah. think I lost probably 90 pounds inside of six months. Mm. And so as much as I missed my kids, I just kept on wanting to numb that pain, numb that pain, numb, my, numb that pain, because I lost everything. The most important thing being my family. Yeah. yeah. So you were in rehab at, at the time? 
No, I, I was on the run. Oh, you were still running. I, I was, you know, hanging out with, you know, people who were just using drugs. And I, I didn't even know these people. Oh, okay. I mean, a lot of unsavory characters and a lot of terrible things could have happened to me. And because of God's grace and mercy, he knew the plan that he had for me. Right. I didn't know it. I didn't know yes. it. Yes. But he knew it. And he was planning all that time that, you know what, we're going to take all this brokenness and we're going to take all this mess and we're going to take all this destruction and we're going to turn it into something from my glory so people will know it, it's from me. Yeah, you know what a mosaic is? Yes. Mosaics are exactly what that is. Exactly. Yeah. You take a bunch of, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's all this glass. Yeah, all and this, he makes uh, a masterpiece. Or, 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 or stones or whatever, and they don't even belong together. Exactly. But they're broken pieces. Amen. And the person, the person that made the artwork knew exactly where each broken piece had to be exactly. to make it look beautiful. Exactly. I tell you that that right there is is a testament in itself to know that you, you know, at least you put your hands and you, you put your life in God's hands at the point to know where you need to be at whose child you are amen exactly and uh you know if if i'll share even even further because you know it, it was not it was definitely not easy you know I, again i always believed that god existed i just never knew him right. so when i came to stay with my daughter and my son-in-law you know we started going to church and i remember it was such a physical battle Mm -hmm. in the spiritual realm that yeah. it became physical and as i mentioned earlier you know i actually used drugs and, and and did a lot of you know ungodly things in the area where i'm at now mm -hmm. so we would be on the way to church and i would see oh i remember this gas station i was shooting up in that gas station i remember that i, I remember you know who i was hanging out with over there on the way to church and i would just and i'm like oh my gosh you know and and it was so uncomfortable. I remember we'd be getting ready for church, you know, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, my daughter and I would have a complete blowout argument over something mm. so simple. It didn't even make sense mm. because the enemy was like, listen, you, you've been on my team for a long time. I'm not going to let you go that easy, mm -hmm. you know, but when, yeah. when Christ steps into the mix, you are violently uprooted and planted into the kingdom of God. Right. You know, and it's like I remember when the Lord showed up for me in a tangible and real way. And when I was out, uh, you know, using drugs, um, I actually contracted hepatitis B and hepatitis C. And That's dangerous. Yes. Yeah, you know, dangerous. it attacks your liver, you know. Um, and I remember I had found that out when I was in rehab um, and. You know, I had had my blood tested several times. Yes, you have two strands of hepatitis. So when I came to stay with my daughter, and my son-in-law, we went to the digestive disease associate and uh, the specialist doctor for the liver. Mm -hmm. And the nurse told me, listen, you know, this treatment is comparable to chemo. It's going to make you sick. You're going to feel yucky. You're not going to feel good. But here's my number. We're going to become best friends. You know, don't worry. Okay, fine. And uh, at this time, I had been in church serving the Lord for, you know, maybe two, three months now. So I go, she goes, the doctor's going to be in with you in a minute. My daughter and my two grandsons, Julian and Jacob, are in the room. Mm. And they were little at the time. And the doctor comes in, 
but he comes in with all his associate doctors, and I'm like, what is Uh-oh. this? You know, a show? I'm Uh-oh. like, oh, this got to be bad. You know, not a good thing when they come in all the doctors. All of them, you <laughs> know, and they didn't even close the door. There were so many of them. And he goes, Miss Nicosia, and I say yes, and he goes, you've got to be the luckiest woman alive. And what? I said, oh. I'm sitting in your office getting ready to get this treatment that the nurse just told me is comparable to, you know, comparable to chemotherapy. Right. How am I the luckiest woman <laughs> in the world? <laughs> and he says, well, here's the thing. He says, we took your blood and, and we rechecked. He goes, and you have no hepatitis B. Wow. Whoa, hold my, up. My daughter goes, well, what about the C? He goes, well, here's the thing. He says, your mom's liver enzymes are completely normal. She doesn't have any hepatitis B or C. Your mom doesn't have hepatitis. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah. Hold up. It, that can't be right. <laughs> you, th- you mean that God? You mean that God is doing miracles today? Yes. Hallelujah. You mean, that, you mean that that's actually happening now? Yes. Yeah, I, know. I thought that was an Old Testament <laughs> thing or a New Testament. What is? What's going on? It was so good. The doctor had to bring his entourage in. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. He wanted to see the proof. Yeah. And he who's sa- God? Who? Who? Who is that? God is mighty. <laughs> That's great. Amazing. And he said, listen, if you want to come back in four months and, and, you know, get your blood checked again, he says, you can do that if it'll make you feel more comfortable. But I'm telling you, you don't have hepatitis. So we we did just that. You know, I I came back in four months and, you know, everything was negative. And, uh, you know, I remember that first day, though, my daughter and I, I was so ecstatic to know that my savior. Mm hmm my savior yes who i didn't know right loved me enough to heal me when i didn't even ask to be healed amen because i said and that and that's who jesus is that's right he shows up he heals he delivers and he sets free even when we don't ask for it he knows best what we need more than we do exactly and you know in my understanding I never asked to be healed because I took responsibility that this is something I did to myself. Mm -hmm. Mm. This was from my drug use. So you know what? Now I have to pay the consequences and this is that. Right. But that was my understanding. Right. We don't always understand exactly. You know, it's like Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3 and 4, what, 5 and 6? 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Right. (coughs) So he knew that, you know, in my rebellion and my stubbornness and in just my desperation, you know, that I was so broken that I couldn't even love myself. That's, That's one of the biggest challenges that we face today is is loving and caring for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. And it almost seems, it almost seems um, carnal to. Is that a good care word? for yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it almost seems carnal to just care for yourself. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you have the love of God in you, and you ju- you don't want to let yourself go. That's you don't want to let yourself right. into into, you know, total disaster. I I don't know the words right. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to say, but. Sorry. I'm lost in, the, in, in <laughs> how, in, wow. Go ahead, Bill. I was just going to say that, you know, that we can't lean on our own understanding. And it's it's sometimes difficult. And uh, sometimes you wish that we could forget our sins as easily as God does. Amen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it says they're as far as the east is from the west. And our sins, we feel like, are as far from one hand to the other. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. right here still. But, but even so, he's still there with us no matter where we're at. Amen. Know? 
and there are things that you know you can't help being around the people you're around sometimes if there's you know people who are sinning with you and all of a sudden you're like oh i work with those people now yeah <laughs> and you know you're always around them and they're trying to get you to do the things you used to do and you have to be an example to them and say no i don't do that anymore but what that a testimony that is you know right it's a great testimony yeah. you just have to be stronger than they are you know you have to be stronger your will for doing right has to be stronger than their will for doing sin, because otherwise you're going to fall by the wayside. The, the, Jesus even said it in the garden where he said, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. Exactly. You yeah. know, we're, we want to be able to live for God. We want to be able to do it the most, the best way we can. Yeah. But a lot of times, uh, a lot of times the, the uh, temptations uh, that, that happen, you know, our flesh is still flesh. It still is yeah. what, what it comes from the earth. You know, it's not spiritual. It's not, it's not heavenly. It's just, it wants to do carnal things. But if we begin to remember that we have a spirit that wants to be aligned with God. That's right. That's when we can be able to get stronger. Like when the angel had to encourage Jesus in the middle of, of praying, you know, he had, to be, he had to be encouraged while he was praying because he is at that moment flesh. He was at that moment mm -hmm. flesh. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 easy to to forget. It's easy to forget God's ways when you're around all these people. You become who you were before. But being in spirit is be way better than being in flesh when it comes to that. Amen. So, Kat, um, you looking something up for yourself? So. Yeah, I wanted to uh, share something here. Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll move on in a second. You go ahead and do that. Sorry, guys. Oh, you're fine. This happens all the time. No, it does. Let me. We could be here for three hours and have a one-hour episode. <laughs> it's not allowing me to pull it up. I don't know why. It's not allowing me to find it right now. All right. But, um, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know, um, you know, all of these things, you know, I, I talk about, you know, my past and where I came from and the things I used to do, but none of those things have an effect on me anymore. Mm. Because the word of God says what is born of the flesh is flesh and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Bill, can so you find that? I can try. So yeah, there, see if you can find that. There's nothing that I can muster up in my own strength, not in my own willpower. There's nothing that Kathleen can muster up. It has to come from the spirit. Right. Everything that I do has to come from that secret place. Right. Because if I'm not in that secret place, then I'm not filling my lamp with oil. Mm -hmm. So how can I be a vessel for the Lord to use if I'm not full? Yeah. That means that's the difference between manufacturing something in our mm. flesh mm -hmm. and allowing yielding to the spirit. Because the things that we think, you know, it, that's in our own limited understanding. Right. Just but imagine, I though. I have mm. to get still, mm -hmm. you know, and spend that time with him. Because the Holy Spirit wants to spend time with us more than we want to spend time with him. Right. You know, and in the um, Adam, <laughs> in the Garden of Eden, you know, God wanted to walk with Adam in the cool of the day. Amen. He wanted to be with him. You know, that's, that's what we, a lot of times we forget what the purpose of life was. Mm -hmm. What the purpose that God created us for. He wasn't, he didn't create us so that he could send Jesus and die on the cross for us to go to heaven. That's not the exact purpose that he created us for. He created us to, to be able to, to be with his creation, to be with something, to be with us, so we can 
be able to worship him. You know, I, I mean, Adam could have been there forever if he hadn't committed that sin. Well, if Eve hadn't committed that sin and, and, and Adam partaken of the fruit as well, you know, they would have still been in the garden and God would have been still walking with them to this day, you know, because he wanted to be with that communion. He well, he created all of the things that he did. And mm -hmm. I think he also wanted to be admired for it. Exactly. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I make music. Mm -hmm. I did the intro for the podcast, actually. And yeah. while I was making it, I was kind of, you know, you don't think in the moment, but then you kind of were like, oh, this is so cool. I wish other people could hear this. And you yeah. start playing Amen. It. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> people don't like it as much as you do, but <laughs> but sometimes it goes really well. And you're like, oh, man, I love to, you know, have other people experience this because I put a lot of work into it and I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, and you know you know what God's love language is? Obedience. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. <laughs> yeah. In the Old Testament, it was giving gifts. Now right. it's words of now affirmation. Now it's words of affirmation. He wants, to be, he wants to be told how great he is. Lord, you are Praise awesome. Praise God. Yes, he's amen. awesome. Amen. He is, I, I found it here in, uh, in John 3, 6. Let me find that. First John or regular John? Regular John. John. Big John. John 3 and 6. That's while he's talking to Nicodemus. Of, you know, he is just after he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. Wow. And then Nicodemus was a little confused. He says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's room and be born? Yeah. Mm. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. That's the truth. Do not be amazed what I say to you. You must be, you must all be born from above. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, yeah, so we need to be born again to born again. Right. You know, born, born, being a born again Christian, you know, it's hard to imagine. That's why Nicodemus was was confused. Mm -hmm. How do we get born again? Yeah, exactly. We got to go back into our mother's womb to be born again. That's like right. that makes no sense. But he didn't understand what Jesus was meaning by that. He didn't understand that there was a a different birth that you had to have. Being yes. born of the spirit. Being born of the spirit was yes. Exactly. So when we birth things in the spirit, that's from God. It's right. nothing that we can muster up on our own. Sure. Yes, that's right. So I wanted to go to a different point here and I wanted to ask you. At your, we were saved in December of 2014. Mm -hmm. When or I don't know how to ask this question or just go ahead and ask it. <laughs> Did the Lord ever give you a calling and that you had to like really ponder and think about whether you wanted to actually do this or not? You know, because we all get we all get a calling and we don't know for sure if this is what we need to do. Sometimes we get into what we sometimes we feel it's fleshy. We don't know mm -hmm. if it's really God calling us. Hey, I want you to minister. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Maybe it's just because, hey, we just got saved and we think that we need to do all this kind of stuff. Right. It's not realistic. Right. To, and that's so true. As soon as you get saved, it's not realistic to go and say, I want to go <laughs> preach in Honduras and I want to go to the streets and, and do this and I want to go. It's not realistic to do all that. You know, God calls us each individual for a different purpose. And I'm wondering, yes. what did he, when did he call you or what did he call you for and how are you living that? Well, that's a really great question. I think that... Um, you know, when I was radically delivered and saved in December of 2014, the first thing that I, I said that I had to do was go to the Women's Inpatient Drug Treatment Center 
and tell them my testimony and tell them that Jesus is real and he does love you and he wants to heal you and he can set you free. Right. And I did that for almost three years every Wednesday. I didn't know the word. I didn't know the word. I, I, you know, I was just stepping out, you know, unbeknownst to me at that time, I was stepping out in faith. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, you know, methadone is not the answer. Mm-hmm. Suboxone is not the answer. You know, you need to get really set free by the blood are, of are Jesus. Those drugs? I'm not, yes. I'm yeah. completely the, ignorant are, about that. W- those, are, those are actually, they consider them to help wean you off mm-hmm. of the street drug. And basically what they're actually doing is they're getting you addicted to something that's a legal substance. A legal substance? Or a legal oh, substance. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, to answer, you know, that call um, or to answer your question and to answer the call. Yeah. um, I think that it would be safe to say that, you know, I know that the Lord has called me to teach. I know that the Lord has called me to evangelize. I know that the Lord has deposited certain gifts in me, you know, um, you know, healing gifts, uh, words of knowledge and wisdom um, intercession, um, you know, and I think that as believers, we all have that in us. And as far as, you know, answering that call, I think that just like, you know, Abraham, Mm -hmm. you know, he was going to a land that he didn't even know where he was going to. But I think that as we step out in faith, that the Lord will provide the other half of what he wants us to do. But we have to be willing. Mm, That's right. You know, so I may not be able to see what the next plan is or the next step is, but he wants to know, are you going to be obedient with what I've just put in front of you? Right. You know, you know, and, you know, waiting in that secret place you know, for the instruction. And sometimes he'll give it and sometimes he doesn't. But we have to be willing to take that step. You know, I I tell people all the time, you know, uh, you know, evangelism isn't that difficult. People make it difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, you see somebody and you're inclined to pray for that person or to smile at them or say, God bless you. You know, how are you? Can I pray for you? We even lay evangelism into like going out into different states or different places where we can minister the word of God in different churches and, exactly. you know, make a living out of that when evangelism isn't really that broad of a thing. Evangelism is very simplistic. It's very, exactly. it's, yes. it's preaching, but not at your home church. You evangelize when you go out. As soon as you go to Publix mm-hmm. and you see somebody, you, you evangelize as soon as you mention Jesus' name Amen. in your conversation. Yes. Because at that point, they know who you are about. You know, so I, I, I encourage if you're full of the Holy Spirit and you've been born again and you see someone that needs healing, put your hands on him and pray for him. Right. Yeah. You know, um, a- ask, you know, can I pray for you? Do you have a need? You know, and, and we just have to be willing to s- take that step of faith. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, a- and I think, you know, and I thank God for how he radically delivered me. And I thank him now for what he's allowed me to go through all that deep darkness, because now, uh, you know, I've done crazy things out in, mm-hmm. in the secular world. Wh- why can't mm-hmm. I be crazy for Christ now? Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's you know? no shame when you're in sin. Why should there exactly. be shame now? Exactly. 
you know so everyone needs to know and, and some will receive it and some mm. won't but we have right. to have thick skin as believers because you know the word of god says they persecuted me so they're going to persecute you yep and, and, and look <laughs> at the days we're in now look at the days we're in now very yep. difficult you know we're we're needed in this moment more than ever because where does the light shine the most mm. in the dark in the dark I was Heavy. looking at a, uh, I was looking at a video, and it, I think it was on Facebook, if I remember correctly. But it was of a parent-teacher conference. I don't remember what state it was in, but it was a uh, a man who was reading a book in their library. Oh, uh, in yeah. the school library, I mean, you've seen this. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, and it had you know, crazy explicit language description of of body parts, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's reading it out to this group of people, and and. In maybe the worst mistake I've ever seen, uh, they said they like tried to get him to stop because his language was too offensive. I was like, that's the dumbest thing you could have said there because now everybody's like, yeah, exactly. You can't say it in this meeting. Why is it in our children's library? Amen. Right? It shouldn't be. And, and, you know, it's people don't understand that on one side, you know, you can't. It, it was a double standard that was totally being breached. I'm trying to remember why I brought that up. <laughs> what were you guys talking about right before that? I had somewhere I was going with it. I don't know, but you can clip that if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going no, somewhere with it. No, that was good. I was Shining going the light it. in the darkness. Yes, that's what it was. There it is. Hold on. So, you know, you you are using, if you have the opportunity. That's right. You're, you're listing it out, and we're not. He was a pastor. He wasn't using those words as he would use them. He was using them to point out that this is the kind of thing you're trying to teach our children. Right. And and they were trying to shut him down, but he didn't have any shame in reading that out because it wasn't the intent. You know, the words you use, it's the intent that matters, not necessarily the words themselves. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you can just go and say That's whatever right. you want. But in that instance, it made sense for him to be able to say, hey, this is crazy. And then the Lord used that to say, you know, for those people to say, your language is explicit. Stop saying that. And That's right. The whole room was on his side. And he eventually got kicked out of the whole yeah. meeting. But everybody's cheering and applauding him because they realized what was really going on. And now that I've seen that, I mean, you guys have probably seen that. And multiple yes. people have seen that all over the world to now know that, hey, this kind of stuff is going on. And I honestly have seen some of this, you know, those type of things go on. And some of them, I think, are very much like they're it's borderline. Uh, and there are things you can learn about in school. But that one in particular is pretty bad. So, was, right. you know, there's times where there's things that you should protest. And I think you could maybe back off a little bit on it and, you know, have some Christian love and just talk kindly to people about it and mm-hmm. ask. But then sometimes there's, you know, events where you have to show the strength of God. That's right. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So, Kat, did, uh, um, did Germany ever have an impact on your life? after you moved out and came over here to like you were unsaved in germany you came you lived there for four years Mm -hmm. what what over there did you bring over here that impacted your life my daughter (laughs) (laughs) good answer good answer good answer um because there's different cultures in different countries yeah Yeah. america and that is um, true christianity in america is so watered down yeah, and I'm wondering, like, I'm I'm wanting to know because <laughs> any other country, 
there's persecution like crazy if you yeah. believe in Jesus and you were and you and you have the word of God, you know, you have to hide it because you can't you can't go outside in the streets with with the Bible. You can't go out there yeah. and try to to minister or anything. But being that you were unsaved, I'm wondering I'm wondering what kind of that kind of uh culture. What kind of culture did you see that you brought back over here? Well, if I had to say anything, again, I was so young, too. I mean, I was a child. I was 16 to 20, so I I was very young. But, um, you know, I did learn very quickly that they did not have a drinking age there. Hmm. Yeah. So wow. that that did not help my cause. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was if you were able to sit at a bar in Germany and order a drink, you were able to get one. Wow. So, um, you know, I just thought, oh, well, you know, now here's my chance. You know, um, right. you know, I'm out of dysfunction. So I put you in more of a hole. It, it you know, yeah. um, you know, and then, you know, I'm over in Germany. Um, you know, it was definitely a culture shock because, again, I'd only been. Um, I've only known my dysfunctional household yeah. with mm. an alcoholic father, mm. you know. Um, so when I went over there, you know, I'm thinking, okay, now I'm grown up. 16, mm. I'm grown up. Mm. <laughs> 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 Believe me, I've been there. Yeah, I've you know, been there. I thought I had all the answers. I was going to do everything, you know, that my parents didn't do. And, and you know, you have no clue. A- and especially with Christ in your life, you're really lost. Yeah. Uh, you really have no clue. For so sure. you think you have all this freedom and really you're in bondage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good point. You know, you um, think you're free. You're in you bondage. think you're free. You think it's you're free. an illusion, yeah. you know, but um, it was a, a beautiful experience to actually get to experience another country in that way. Um, you know, we visited uh, the Neuschweinstein Castle in Austria, you know, but during that time, it was also very scary at the same time because, um, you know, my kid's dad, he actually, um, that's when Desert Storm started. Mm. So he got sent over there for six months. So here I am, this little girl, basically, and I'm in a foreign country, you know, living off base, you know, I remember when we went on base, they would have to mirror and check everything under the car, make sure there was no bombs coming through, you know. So it was a very scary time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, after his return, then, you know, I got pregnant with my daughter, you know, with Catrice. And then, you know, ultimately we came back to the United States. But, you know, I was so young. Yeah. You know, their dad, you know, he was young. We were both very young and we both came from a very difficult place. Mm. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't have uh, a, a sound foundational family unit, neither one of us. So we're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to, you know, so you have two broken people who don't have a relationship with Christ are trying to bring people into this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I completely understand that. Yeah. That, that really describes the world now. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> More so than then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. So... What do you see yourself doing later on? Like, what's, what's, what's your plans for the upcoming future? Well, I've been working on a book. It's mm-hmm. called The Speed of Freedom. So I'm looking to, God willing, get published next year, 2024. To be all over in every stores or Amazon or a- Amazon. I've been looking at Kindle Direct Publishing, self-publishing. It's right. just easier, right? Um, you know, because I think that people need to know that 
addiction doesn't have to be your life. No. Uh, alcoholism doesn't have to be your life. Right. You, you're, you don't have to look for love in all the wrong places and have these empty uh, sexcapades and, and sexual relationships. You know right. what? Um, you know, God clearly states in the Bible that, you know, the marriage bed is to be kept pure. Mm. That's between a man and a woman. Anything outside of that is immorality. All right, we're getting canceled. We're getting canceled, guys. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. And listen, you know what? I've done a lot of immoral things, you know, so I I think that, you know, I'm able to speak on that. Right. You know, and if you're single, then you need to practice singleness. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's it. Abstinence. Mm. Abstinence, that's right. You know, um, so, you know, from my experience, you know, I was looking for love and affection in all the wrong places. You know, we're not animals. We're, we're, we're spirits with a body. Yes. Creations in God's image. You know, yeah. so yeah. We, we need to walk as such. Right. You know, in Hebrews uh, twelve fourteen it says, for without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Mm, that's the truth. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we have to really take a look at, I mean, I think eternity is a long time to play Russian roulette with. Mm. None of us are promised tomorrow. You know, and if I want to see the Lord and I want to spend eternity with my Savior and my Maker, then I need to live as such. And that help is going to come from the Holy Spirit. So is that, is that what the, your book is going to necessarily be about? Is your passion for the gospel or passion for the ministry or what uh, you know i know that the lord has more than just one book mm-hmm. yeah. so i think that um you know the first book is going to be um coupled my testimony with scripture right okay. to give a people hope that you know what if he did it for me he can do it for you awesome yes it's the truth if he did it for me, he can do it for anybody. He's no respecter of persons. Amen. So it's that's right. Just you because know. someone's serving God doesn't mean he can't do it for the person who isn't. You exactly. Just gotta, you know, it's you just got to be able to worship the Lord. Gotta Amen. Give your heart to God. Um, so with that, um, I'd also like to um, start up my own podcast. Hmm. And this way, you know, uh, talk scripture, you right. know, testimony. So those sure. are some things, you know. That's um, exciting. Very nice, yeah. It's awesome. Very exciting. Uh-huh. You know, so Inception. we're... It's a, it's a mm. medium that more and more people are going into, mm-hmm. especially over COVID. It kind of exploded. Where mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. knows what it is, but originally, you know, nobody knew what it was. They yeah. just And there's some podcasts that have been going on, I mean, you know, 2014, mm-hmm. some of the big ones, and you're just like, I, I didn't even know what that was. You know, two years ago, I would have no idea then. But yeah. But, it, you know, it takes time. And it's something that, you know, more and more people are listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They want to hear other people's point of views and their perspective. Because so many people have a different story and a different way to look at things. That's right. Uh, you know, and I sometimes feel like, you know, it's weird that people want to hear us talking all the time. <laughs> Because you, know, you don't want to hear yourself. Yeah, we're just we're just people. We're just talking <laughs> about whatever. Right. We're, you know, we we kind of bring up. You know, the last episode is a great example of us bringing up nothing and just it was a keep, bunch of nothing. You yeah. know, just keep going. I think one of my greatest joys in in listening back when I edit is hearing Jose ask me for a last minute thought and knowing <laughs> that I have nothing and then come up with one and then off just the spot. as I'm speaking just have a great thought in the middle of it and just talk for ten more minutes on after saying I've said before. 
It's like, well, I don't really have one. And then I talk for another 10 minutes. And then you keep on talking. (laughs) It's amazing. But it's such a blessing that people want to listen. And I think that, you know, anybody, it helps you to get your thoughts together and to be able to speak them and verbalize them. And other people need to hear the things you have to say sometimes. Because they don't know what you've been through. I mean, a lot of people haven't heard my testimony fully. They haven't heard Jose's testimony fully. I haven't heard Jose's testimony fully. You know, I was almost as surprised as anyone, you know, when when he was talking through all the things that he had been through. And your testimony is amazing. Amen. And if, you know, if you let it go by, then all of a sudden it it turns into, uh, you know, uh, like a book that that gets destroyed over time and no one will have heard it. No one will have known it. But this this kind of thing is probably something that will last not forever, obviously, but as far as electronic media is going to be around a lot longer than than the the physical media that's and true. to put into perspective the the like what cat was just saying earlier today was that the more you tell it the more liberated more free you are amen i'll tell you yeah. the day i told my testimony i felt so liberated from it i felt like i didn't have to hide it no yes more. Right. i felt like yeah. what, what am i hiding for what, that's what am right. i who am i hiding from god is the one that knows everything i'm only hiding from people amen. you know they can't they have no authority over me. I mean, but much more my pastors and stuff like that. But you know, sure. that's what you know. God is the one who knows everything. Why am I hiding? That's right. Yes. But I can tell more people, and more people can feel can can feel liberation as well. Because right. if I went through something, Kat, if you went through something, and Bill, if you've gone through something, yeah. you know, we could share that same testimony, and someone who has been through that something you know, can feel free enough to say, hey, I don't have to be stuck in this anymore. Amen. I don't have to be that. It don't have to be a puzzle that I constantly sit in the same yeah. exact pieces. You know, I'm always in that same thing. I'm always in that same block. I don't have to, I don't want to be in that same sure. block. Yeah. I want to be in the, I want to be the image of Christ now. Amen. You know? And that's what, it, that's what it's all about is sharing our gospel, sharing the gospel and giving our testimony to prove the gospel. Amen. Yes, amen. Because I think, you know, that, um, you know, people in the world, you know, sometimes and I and I know I was just as guilty of this, too. You know, you think, oh, you know, uh, you go to church or, you know, you think you're better than everybody, you know, and, and we have this misconception that, you know what, we're all a bunch of broken people. We are. Yeah. We're all a bunch of broken people. But when we come to Christ, he takes those broken pieces and he's the only one who can do something with it. There's yeah. nowhere else I could go. Right. There's nobody mm. else I can go to. There's no one else I can go to that would be able to take my brokenness and use it for something good except Jesus. Yes, amen. He's the only one. You know, and it's like my my youngest daughter Jasmine, she had bought me a book and it says, you know, mom's uh mom's life and each day there's uh, you know, a question. And going back to the book, you know, that actually, you know, is a guide, you know. Okay, so what what was going on when you were five? What's the the uh, memory that you, you remember, you know, you're in first grade or, you know, and it's all these questions in this book. And she says, you know, Mom, we need this book. You know, I want to know all about your life in this book, you know. So, you know, just to, um, you know, off of what you were just saying, you know, we all have something mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, whether it be on a podcast or whether it be in a written format or a PDF mm-hmm. or whatever, these are things that, 
you know, it's so important for us to pass down to the next generation. Sure. Right, yeah. They need to know, you know what, mom went through this or dad went through this or grandma or, or whomever, you know, my brother, there's hope. Yeah. Look at what yeah. they went through and they came out of it. So you don't need to claim, you know, that, you know, oh, this was in my family, so this is going to be a part of me. I, I don't accept that at all. Right. I do not accept that at all because what does the word say? When you come to Christ, you're a new creature. Yes. The new creation, the old has passed away. And all well, become new. So yeah. the anything that, you know, was a negative in, in my family history, that doesn't apply to me. That no yeah. longer applies to me. Yeah. I've been washed new. You know, and if God did it for me, he can do it for anybody. Chain's yeah. broken and now you're the stronger chain. Amen. Mm. That's right, amen. Hey Kat. Yes. We're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. And I wanna ask a good question. All right, here we go. And <laughs> it it's a question that we've me and Bill have already answered, but I wanna ask you. You have a chance, okay, to sit down and talk to any biblical historical figure. Who would you sit down and talk to? Jesus. You, you would talk yeah. with Jesus. Good answer. Good answer. Did I exclude Jesus before? No. Because that's what everybody, have, everybody, yeah, I think yeah, I did. I think we just said that everybody, I, I think I said other than Jesus or something like that. Or you oh, other it. than yeah. Jesus. Because everybody's going to talk to Jesus. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should do one biblical, one, like Jesus should be the, everyone's answer, and then after that, mm -hmm. one biblical and then one historical, so like two separate people. I guess they're both historical. They're I'm all not historical. Say, I'm not saying they're not, but like one biblical person and then maybe one person from history. So, sure. Look, history. What, so, so, so give me one. And give me a reason hmm. why you would want to talk to them. Wow. That's a great question. Wow. There's so many people I would love to speak <laughs> yeah. to. Um, did, you hear, did you hear mine, by the way? I, I don't no. know. Which one was yours again? I was Elijah. Mine yeah. was Elijah. So. Yeah. And reason why I chose Elijah is because of his testimony. You know, he, he had to, he was going over to a uh, Ahab and Jezebel to demand that, you know, it would not rain in this land because they were evil because they're worshiping a God who is not a God. Right. A Baal. Right. You know, they were the, they, he, Baal was the God of the crop and the harvest. Yeah. And they were worshiping that. But God is a jealous God. That's right. And Ahab, for who he was, you know, was being was being controlled in a way by Jezebel to do all this evil stuff. And a God needed to nip it in the bud by giving Elijah the commandment to go over there. Well, you know, all that happened and all the, all the people were having this with having a drought, no water, no crops, you know, obviously... Their God can't do nothing because can't, yeah. he can't flourish the crops at all. Mm. And uh, now he's going to, he goes to Mount Carmel to prove who is God, you know. And this altar that they created didn't burn up because it wasn't, their, their God didn't, That's right. didn't do anything. God burnt the altar and everything around it with the 12 buckets of water, might I add, everything. And uh, he went... And he killed all the servants of Baal that were there. And Jezebel said, he's, she's going to have his life. He ran away. That's right. There is an emotional 
thing that goes on when you're running away from someone who is trying to kill you. Right. You know, mm. You're running up in a way far as you can. You don't know where they're at. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know wow. how they're going to get to you. So a lot of that comes with mental issues. Mm-hmm. Now you're now you're mentally like having a hard time. Distraught. Exactly. And he was hiding in the in the was it I think it was a mountain cave in the cave, and God came to him. You know it, he wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the earthquake. He was he came to him in a st- in a small voice. Amen. And said, "What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there are 7,000 people who haven't bowed to Baal. You know, they all are, uh, they all are worshiping me. Yeah. You know, and what that says to me, no matter what I'm going to, no matter what I'm going through, there are other people that are going through the same thing. Why am I hiding? Amen. They're all serving yeah. God. Why am I hiding from someone who can't do any harm to my spirit and my soul. Praise God. But that's my that's why I chose mm-hmm. Elijah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, wow. That that's like a yeah. uh, a great question. If I had to answer that, uh, um, maybe it would be the woman at the well. Oh my. That's wow. a good answer. That's a good answer. I would love to talk to the woman at the well because she. Um, <laughs> I, I can relate to her, you yeah. know. Yes. Wow. And That's amazing. you know, the Lord tells her, you know, go go and get go and get your uh, go and get your husband. You know, you you've been married to five husbands. Go go get your husband. And she says, that That's not my husband. He said, You're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like Jesus was the seventh husband. Mm-hmm. That's perspective right there. Yeah. Wow. You know, That's and great. I and I would love to just sit with her and just talk with her and just to hear her encounter with Jesus, not knowing that he was the Messiah mm. and then coming to realize that he was the Messiah and then she saved her whole village. Right. Yes. Wow. Because of that encounter. It's amazing. I like that story because it shows what many people miss in the ministry um, is when they are told or they know of something that one of their people is doing that's wrong. That's right. And they know somebody's doing something wrong. They often come down accusingly and and angrily. Mm -hmm. Whereas anytime Jesus has said anything, unless it was to someone who should know better, like the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees. Right who were being hypocritical, mm-hmm. but to anyone who was, you know, living in sin, Zacchaeus, Matthew, all these publicans, the sinners that he, you know, quote unquote, hung out with, that he ministered to, he never had a, a feeling of, you know, I'm better than you. He always just looked at it with love. And even in that story, he, he was just, he was impressed by the answer because he knew the truth Mm-hmm. And and it's always funny to me when when somebody says something that's not exactly true. It's like they're twisting the facts to benefit them. It's always a little funny to me when yeah. I know the real answer. I'm like, ha, huh, you said it like that. <laughs> that's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> you know. And and it was like that where he's like, that's a good answer, you know. Right. You, you, it was an awkward question I asked you considering the facts, and you answered the best you could. But that's now let right. me just tell you, I know exactly what's going on, and uh, and it's you know amazing because she didn't feel where she could have felt anger towards being exposed That's and right. she felt you know acceptance awe and, and wonder at you know what he had said because 
she came to realize that it was the one that they had been seeking for a That's long time. Right. Even though, you know, she was, at, you know, unloved by Jews. She was somebody, you know, even Cast in out. her horrible situation yeah. she was in, was also an outcast because of being a Samaritan. That's it's right. Unbelievable. It's good stuff. Yeah. Hey, man, really this good. was awesome. Well, Kat, we enjoyed you being on the podcast. It yes. was a it was a blessing, and yeah. I'm I, I'm so grateful for you guys for having me. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, we couldn't ask for anything better than yeah. for po- the testimony that you gave us. That was amazing. Praise God. You know, I'm pretty sure there's mo- a lot more in there that you that mm. you can talk about. You know, we <laughs> yeah. could probably be here for four or five hours if we wanted to talk about that. But you know, this was a great opportunity. I think that the people that are going to listen to this podcast are going to have a better insight you know about you and amen. you know they're going to be able to see what the lord has done and what the lord can do yes, yes you know and that's that's ultimately the goal that's of right this right. episode that's right all about jesus hmm. yes. the best thing ever amen <laughs> you want me to close what <laughs> a word of prayer what <laughs> i feel i feel like this is this is like this is awesome i don't know what to do i yeah, really don't yeah. it's one of those moments where you just like what do we do now? We just sure. close it? Well, or we just like well why, don't, why don't we pray? I, I'd, I'd be glad to do a prayer sure. for anyone who may listen to this in the future. And, and I would just love to pray for them. Man, that'd be great. go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I would, yes, <laughs> that is awesome. This, like I said, first time <laughs> on our podcast history to end in a prayer. Come on. This is awesome. Right Come here. on. Yeah. Go ahead, Kat. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you today, Lord, and, and we give you all the glory and all the honor. And we just, we honor you. We lift up your name, Lord. There's no one like you. There's none as beautiful as you. There's none as mighty as you, Lord. Father, right now in this moment, Lord, we just want to touch an agreement, Lord, and lift up, Lord, that person that may be listening right now, Lord. We lift up that person, Lord, that's listening, Lord, that may feel like they're hopeless, We lift up that person that may be struggling, Lord, with pornography, that may be struggling, Lord, right now with addiction, that may be struggling with alcoholism, with immorality, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them in a mighty way, Lord, that you would do in them what you did in me, that you would show yourself, Lord, in a real and mighty way, Lord, that you would set the captive free heal their bodies and their mind break every chain lord in the name of jesus lord in this moment lord we're asking you that you would glorify yourself lord to the one that's listening we come against any depression in the name of jesus lord any mental instability lord that may be troubling them lord lord your word says that you are a healer Your word says, Lord, that you are strong and mighty, that you are a refuge, that you are an ever-present help in time of need. So right now, Lord, we choose to stand on your word, and we know that you're faithful. We ask you, Lord, that you would show up in that one's life, Lord, that needs you right now. Glorify yourself, Lord. Set them free. Mm. In Jesus' mighty name. Yes. Amen. 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 It's a great way to end the podcast. It really is. It's awesome. Praise God. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you coming to the podcast. Give it a share and see you next episode. Thank you guys.